I guess for us it would be appropriate to say Happy New Year to all of you as we start this new liturgical year, this uh, Advent season, uh, and it really uh, hopefully fills us with, uh, with enthusiasm, with joy, with peace, with love, those things that we're focusing on during this Advent season. How many Advents have you celebrated in your life? I, I'm getting a reaction, just different reactions, depending upon the age group people find themselves in. And so I, I, I wonder how many Advents, if we added all the Advents of everyone here today, what number we'd come up with. Maybe a couple hundred? Think of more than that, probably. But, you know, we, we, we come to this beginning again, and we come to this beginning of what is a cycle for us. And we've come to the beginning of Advent, another Advent. And we don't present it in such a way that we say, oh, another Advent. But we get those similar themes year after year in Advent because we look to Isaiah, we look to the Scriptures. It's a time to prepare for the second coming of Christ. It's a time to prepare for Christ's coming at Bethlehem. And it's a time to prepare for Christ coming into our life. And so we have these images, these images that we take from, from the Scriptures Images of hope, of peace, of joy, of love. And certainly we can, as we begin this season, imagine those realities. Imagine, you know, this, this way that we're making, this way of preparation that we're making. But what we want to do is we want to reimagine Advent. And when we say reimagine, we want to just go a little bit deeper. A little bit deeper than those themes that we hear and sometimes can almost seem repetitive year in and year out. But how can we go just a little bit deeper into those realities to reimagine Advent and reimagine this coming of Christ in the, in, the, in the reality of our lives? And so we start with hope. We start with hope. And here's the question that I would pose to all of you. Is hope a good thing? Or is hope a bad thing? Is hope a good thing? Or is hope a bad thing? Now you might think it's sort of silly to ask the question because most of us would probably say that hope is a good thing. To have hope is a good reality. It's a good, good thing to have. But sometimes we need to deconstruct hope or anything that we're looking at down to its, its, its ground zero and build it up again to truly reimagine the significance that it can have in our lives and in our hearts. I'm told they do that in the military. When you go into the military, they put you through basic training and they tear you down so they can build you back up. They kind of do the same thing in the seminary. They tear you down to build you back up. And what did we do here at St. Helen with our church? We tore it down to the ground and built it back up just so we can reimagine, we can reimagine what hope really is. And I'd like to use a movie, a movie that I think very highly about. It's a movie entitled The Shawshank Redemption. Anyone see The Shawshank Redemption? And remember that movie from a while ago. The Shawshank Redemption is based on a short story entitled Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, written by Stephen King. So you can imagine it's about horror. No, it's not really. 
but it's about two convicts in Shawshank Prison who establish a friendship with each other that is significant and meaningful, that is really quite profound. They become such good friends. One is Andy Dufresne, and Andy Dufresne is a, uh, a convict who was accused and convicted for murdering his wife, which he didn't do. And Ellis Redding, short and known as Red, was in prison for most of his life for the same crime, and he was certainly guilty. So at one point during the movie, Andy and, and Red and the other convicts are talking to each other, and Andy starts talking about that part of ourselves that's inside that they can't get to, meaning the warden, the guards, the other prisoners, that there is a part of us that they cannot get to, that is just ours. And at one point, Red said, looks at him and says, what are you talking about? And he looks at him and he says, I'm talking about hope. I'm talking about hope. And that's when Red gets very annoyed. And he looks back at Andy and he says, hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. Hope. Now, it's not hard to understand. Red had been in jail most of his life. He had been through the horrors of, of, of prison life. He had been through several parole boards that rejected his release. And so he was not a person who had much hope. And maybe sometimes we might feel that way in our world. Not that we're in Shawshank Prison, but we're in this world and we look around us and we see the suffering. We see the pain. We see the hurting. Maybe it even touches our life. And throughout our lives, maybe we have hoped. We have hoped for better days. We have hoped for things that are, are going to improve. We have hoped that people get cured. We have hoped that people feel better. All these hopes, and, we, and they never seem to be realized. So maybe we can feel a little bit like red. And then we come to here. We come to the beginning of Advent. We come to the beginning of the scriptures we read. And what are they all about? What are they all trying to do? They're all trying, in our readings today, trying to posit hope. They're trying to tell us, let's be hopeful. Let's be hopeful people. And they try to give us images. Isaiah gives us the image of a holy mountain. A holy mountain where God is found and where nations come streaming toward it. Where there's peace and serenity. Where there's love and joy. Where swords are beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. A war zone, a dark place becomes the mountain of God. A bright light, a bright shining city that offers us salvation. In our responsorial psalm, about that house that Isaiah talks about, God's house, it says, let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Paul, in our second reading today, tells the Romans that our salvation is at hand, that today it's nearer than it was yesterday. This minute, it's nearer than it was a minute ago. We may not know when it's going to happen, but we know that we're closer to it. 
trying to build up the hope. I know that Matthew's gospel comes across with a certain level of warning. Stay awake. Be prepared. It's going to come when you least expect it. But let's face it. Sometimes the unexpected can be the most pleasant of all. And if we're ready, if we're prepared, if we're awake, don't we say, let him come. Let the Lord come. Let him come now. I'm ready. So again, we have scriptures that try to give us these images of hope and we try to embrace that hope. So let's go back to Andy and Red in the Shawshank Redemption. Andy's life, and as it is depicted in the movie, is one that is driven by hope. Despite his bad luck, despite the darkness, despite the mistakes that he's made, despite the sins he committed, despite all of those things, he held on to hope. And in holding on to hope, he becomes a contemporary example of what Isaiah is trying to do, of what Paul is trying to do, of what Matthew is trying to do. He's trying to show that hope creates belief. Hope creates belief. Hope creates faith. Then faith creates motivation. And then motivation creates a call to action. That's the hope that is at the foundation and the beginning of the Advent season. The hope that we can have despite the darkness, despite the struggles, despite the challenge, the hope that we can have will lead to belief, faith, will lead to motivation, will lead to a call to action, will lead us to do something. Hope can have a very powerful impact in our life. Hope can be a very magical thing in our life. And the realities that we hope for may not be realized in an instant, overnight. Andy Dufresne had, a, had to, to use a rock hammer to, to chisel through the walls of the prison to escape. And it took him 20 years. Yet he held on to that hope. Hope which gave belief. Belief which created motivation. Motivation which created a call to action. And that's how our, our Advent begins. We want to be active. We want to be active in our, our pursuit of what we hope for. And so we've got to hope for that. And we've got to find a way in the midst of all the struggles, challenges, and downfalls to have that hope. By the end of the movie, Andy has escaped. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. I got yelled at at the last homily for doing that. But um, Red gets released. He gets paroled. He finally gets, gets released. And he's on a bus heading toward the border to go to Mexico to be with his friend Andy. But before he goes, Andy tells him to go to this place. He goes to this place and he finds a note. And in that note, Andy writes to Red, Remember, Red, hope is a good thing. Maybe it's the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. Hope is a good thing. And the man, Red, who had no hope, had no hope before and actually chastised Andy for even talking about hope, ends 
by saying this, I hope I can make it to the border. I hope I can see my friend and shake his hand. I hope that the Pacific is as blue as it was in my dreams. I hope, I hope, the man who didn't now hopes. My brothers and sisters, let us cling to hope. Let us reimagine hope. Let us formulate it in our mind what we hope for. Because when push comes to shove in the Advent season, what we hope for is Jesus Christ. That's what we hope for. We hope for that relationship. We hope for his coming. We hope for his proximity. We hope for his love. And we hope for him to make all things right, to make all things good, and to bring some salvation out of some of the darkness that we experience. And maybe like Red, then we can say, I hope I can make it to the border of earth and heaven. I hope that I can see my friend, Jesus Christ, and shake his hand and give him a hug and have him hug me and tell me that he loves me. I hope that the city of heaven, the city of Jerusalem, as beautiful as it was in my dreams, we can say, I hope. My brothers and sisters, let us hope.